welcome to the Top Order podcast. We'll talk about this week in a sec, but we'll talk about next week first. We will get rid of this little awkward thing where we all sort of <laughs> grin and look at the camera awkwardly as the music starts. But on this week's Top Order podcast, we're going to talk some IPL. We're going to talk New Zealand, Pakistan, white ball cricket. Ashes fever hots up with the Australians naming their 16-man squad to mm-hmm. land on my fair shores in June this year. And we'll also talk a little bit of Brendan McCullum and what is he doing with all of his betting endorsements. All coming up, Top Order podcast. Stay tuned. Well, boys, let's start with the IPL. Lots and lots going on in the IPL. We're week three of the esteemed tournament. I think we've got different views on whether it feels like it's been going on too long or it's just started. But look, the one thing I think we can say is, other than Baldy, unfortunately, your prediction on the Delhi Caps, it looks Rubbish. As, terrible. It looks as if it's a fairly condensed feel. Mm-hmm. The Royals um, on top after five games. We've got lots of individual highlights. We want to talk a little bit about strike rates as well. But um, what, what's caught our eye over the course of the last week or so of the IPL? Lippy, I'll start with you. Well, I think it's been those close finishes. There was a point there where it just seemed like every single game was going to the last over or the last ball. We've, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We can run through some of them. Like Rinku, I mean, Rinku Singh's obviously the the first one that comes to mind. Mm. You know, you're sort of watching the the lead up to the the five sixes in a row to finish it, and you sort of, I, you know, I can I can still hear it playing in my head. Was it Graham Swan? I think it was Graham. Swan. It's, there's a there's it was an English commentator over there anyway. And he was going, oh yeah, okay, that you know, like basically saying this game is over, this game is over, this game is over. Just and ninety nine times out of hundred, he'd be right, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then Rinku Singh just absolutely smashes it, and he's been going, you know, continuing to to perform, which is exciting. There's always these moments of these Indian players. I think Tilak Varma is another one who yeah. kind of broke out last year, and now is continuing it on with the mm. way he's performed for Mumbai. So yeah, all of those kind of things are, are awesome. And I mean the on those close finishes we had MSD almost do it as well so yeah there's there's been some pretty exciting cricket going on and strike rates let's talk a little bit about that there's there's a few guys copying a little bit of criticism we'll maybe come on to David Warner mm-hmm. later on but striking at I think around about 116 putting the Delhi Caps under pressure if you listen to all the Twitter sphere we, we've got even Virat Kohli who's pretty close to the top of those run charts him and uh, Faf Duplessis have, have forged a pretty decent partnership at the top of the order for the RCB but even he's coming in for a bit of stick in terms of you know batting for, for himself and um, how much of that is is kind of founded do you think over the course of the, the last few weeks of the tournament it's an interesting one I mean for a few years now Virat Kohli has tried to play that anchor role he's going to open the batting bat three and bat all the way through to the end mm. when you've got guys like Faf and then Maxwell around you mm. Michael Bracewell who can <laughs> just score really really quickly and put the ball over the rope you don't need to score quickly and to be honest RCB their problem hasn't been generally scoring the runs mm. they've definitely put up scores uh, for you know pretty much all of the games except one I think with her bowled out uh, for not much but yeah it's, it's not the batting that's the problem for RCB mm. And and Lip, um, some individual performances. Uh, I think Sky over here have obviously got the coverage. We see those little snippets. I know Devin Conway's had his own little three minutes for a, a fantastic knot that he um, he had. Um, Harry Brook, uh, you know, I know that's you know clearly uh, close to my heart as a Yorkshireman. Looked the goods. Um, a bit of Kevin Peterson in him. But any other individual performances that we want to we want to highlight? Oh well, let's let's not skip too quickly past those. I think Conway is Conway is very you know it's. He's just great to watch. I think that 83 that he scored the other night for CSK, they're a team that uh, I think it's they're an interest, really interesting team. Actually, you know, you kind of talk about things that have come out of these past couple of weeks. I, I think when I 
first when you know I did the preview did our sort of summary of them for the the preview and I kind of thought they're a middling-ish team that don't they're going to rely a lot on some of these overseas players but they've had some well I don't even know if it's a resurgence it's sort of a second coming of uh, you know of Rahane he's just smashing it all over the place yeah, he looked really good last mm. night or two nights ago yeah coming off the middle yeah he's you know I, I don't think we've kind of seen this side of him so much before in, in the IPL got Shivam Dubé who I've been very critical of in the past mm. and now he's being done well you know, he's smashing Smash it and he's and he's being compared to Chris Gale which I think is sort of a, a bit generous. silly generous but uh, you know they they're actually sort of start to when you've got sort of six, seven, eight is suddenly starting to be, you know, uh, Jadeja, Moeen Ali, MS Dhoni, who looks like he's just been in the gym for the last, mm. since the last IPL. He is he is enormous. So, I don't know, suddenly they, they seem like a side that actually could compete. But on the flip side to that, they've got all these injuries and bowlers and things mm. falling over. You know, Stokes is down, Chahar's down. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of just, there's a lot of teams out there that I just don't know what to make of. It's it's really interesting at this point, isn't it? I mean, each team feels like it's one game away from being in or out of form, and we can see that in the ladder. Lots mm. of teams on three and two, lots of teams on two and three. Mm. Really, only the Royals and the Caps have distinguished themselves so far as being quality, not quality, in terms of their outcomes. Delhi just aren't getting enough help, right, to, to, to make runs. Warner's getting 50 off 46 and sort of picket fencing it around the place, either deliberately or because he's just not able to to get the ball into the stands as he has been able to do in years gone by. So mm. I, I think that side is, is really, really struggling. I can't see a way back for them. I, I don't think that their season is going to go well. But as you said off air, there's still 63 games to go for, <laughs> for Delhi. So they could finish 63-5 and five and win the division. The, the interesting thing... <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing about that kind of two-tiered structure, though, is that the Royals and the Caps are in the same group. So mm. all the teams in the other group have to play both of those sides twice. So, yes, you're going to get two games against yeah. the Capitals, but you're also going to have to play the Royals. And I think Gujarat might be in that group as well. So, like, there are some quality teams in that sort of group two, if you like. Um, but, yeah, it's tough for, for Delhi from here, I think. Well, and you mentioned Gujarat there, and mm. you're sort of talking about how sides have, have you know shown themselves to be a good side. I think Gujarat have also mm. done that. I, I know yeah. they're still sort of in the pack there. They're three and two, I think, aren't well, they? Well, it could have been, we've got you know the Royals at the top. It could yeah. have been the other way around very yeah. easily. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that was a very close game. And, and yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the final again because, they, yeah, they just, I mean, we're talking about it before off air again, the, the Rashid Khan, Shami. Yeah, we talk a hell of a lot about batting, don't we, in the IPL, yeah. but when you look at that, that you know, that bowling lineup, we talked, I think, in the preview about would teams just try and sit on Rashid Khan and, you know, let him go for 24 30. You know, he's he's kind of almost upped his game a little bit now and uh, I think he's got 10 or 11 wickets, um, certainly up there in the, you know, well, the averages as well. Because interesting, because I think t- teams have tried to do that yeah. but he's actually nipped a couple out while they've been trying to do exactly that. Yeah. and then they go after him and he, they lose more but shami uh, shami and um shami and uh rashid khan have, have right up there at the top of the impact lists if you're looking at mm. quick info and uh yeah i think if they keep bowling the way they do uh gujarat's gonna be up there there's another fast bowler you've liked the look of i know it's a week or so ago yes uh in the first week uh mark wood got me very excited uh mm. with his fifa he was almost unplayable he was just too fast for everybody mm. it's uh, interesting you know if we look forward to the ashes it's it's an interesting sort of spectacle the way he was just ripping through lineups there they weren't even close to a few of those balls mm. um so yeah, it was very exciting and um, I mean, I guess that show that goes on to L- LSG. I mean, I know we're kind of flying through the the teams here, but they are another who 
obviously made the playoffs last year, you know, new side. We kind of, again, didn't know if that was sort of smoke and mirrors. I think we all th- kind of thought Gujarat was going to be there again cause the way that they'd built their side. But LSG, you know, not so sure. But again, sort of proving that they're a pretty useful side, even mm. though you guys mentioned strike rates before. The the, the number one prediction of, of all time is really that KL Rahul scores runs and then everyone gets on his back for going too slow. And that's mm. that's happened as soon as he got 70-odd. Everyone was kind of like, oh, well, but he was only on 40 off 40 balls and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's they're a side that I think is what what they do well is that they're going to be hard to beat no matter who they play against each each game. They're going to be tricky to beat. Mm. I I think the other thing is everyone in their batting lineup has stood up at some point. It's only five games in, but we've we talked I think first week about Carl Mayers. Um, I think Stoinis is. Um, has, has got a score as well. So yep. I think they've got guys that are actually kind of chipping in. Um, and, and look, I think that that's really important, isn't it? Um, you know, you often look at that sort of overseas player roster and maybe your marquee Indian players and go, well, that team's got five or six guys. It's just going to be, you know, a coast for them. And, you know, I think Gujarat proved last year, uh, Rajasthan Rawls proved back in the first year of the IPL that um, it's not all about the, the absolute superstars, notwithstanding the fact they had probably one of the greatest superstars of all time. <laughs> mm. But the rest of the team, was you know a bunch of up, up, relatively up and coming and, and journeyman mm. um, overseas players? So yeah, I, I think it is the sum of their parts that's been so so impactful um, impactful for them. A bit of Kiwi interest as well. So um, Devon Conway has been on the highlights reel. I think um, has looked pretty yeah pretty good. And what's impressed me the most, I don't, I, and I don't know whether I've just missed this. So it'd be interesting to get your take on it. Is the he's got a power game as well. Um, I thought he was you know not a nerdler by any means. Mm. Uh, you know hits his pull shot well, hits his cut shot well, but he's he's actually got some real power and and bat speed and hand speed as well. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you're not going to get anything but praise really from from me about, or probably Raj for, about Devin oh, that's Conway. Oh, then. Yeah, <laughs> he's good. He's very good. <laughs> I hope he plays until he's forty. Well, and I think I mean I think what suits him in uh, the IPL, and he's got he's got the range of shots, but also that he's really good against spin, and he can, mm-hmm. and he uses his feet so well. He comes down the wicket, and he and he and spin's been such a key part of of the IPL so far. In, in that in that eighty three, he got you just heard the commentators constantly saying he's a three sixty player. Yeah, he's a, after every shot, he's a three sixty player. So I think that might be one of his strengths. And well, and and they say it a lot, but it actually you know it does apply to him. And I mean, you've even seen it in the the series again uh, in Pakistan. We'll obviously get to that a bit later. But Tom Latham's doing a lot of that. They're obviously working on kind of all the little dinky shots to because you can score a lot of runs. And you guys talked about the the pace bowlers now. Mm-hmm. The speed of the, those guys bowl. It's just it's actually sometimes the best option to just flick them behind you. And yeah, Conway's Conway putting two fifties together. It's it's like we said before the CSK CSK lineup. It's making it really really good in terms of what they're being able to to bring to the table. Can we talk about Mumbai for a second? Sure. I don't want to go through every team in the, in the IPL, but Mumbai have turned a corner here. So they started with, I think, two losses on the trot. They've now yep. won, I think, three in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, it looks like Cam Green actually could be good at T20 cricket, so that's an interesting development. But they are getting wins without Sky making runs. So mm. when we talked three weeks ago and we weren't quite sure if Sky was in a batting slump because he hadn't faced enough balls to figure that out, I think we <laughs> can, have figured out... Can you out confirm that, that now? Yeah, I think we can confirm that he's now. In that he's slump. been in, in a bit of a slump. But he's showing um, a few signs of life, and I think that's been the good thing about all of those guys is because he got he got a 40-odd. You've seen a little bit from Rohit. You've seen a little bit from Ishan. Yeah. You know, you're starting to suddenly see all of those guys. They always start slowly and they always build momentum through the tournament. So, I mean, all of these sides, two through seven, are 
two wins and two losses away from being either right at the very tippity top of the table or right down the bottom again. So I don't think we're really going to know until past the halfway mark when we do a bit of a you know halfway round and, and, review. And yeah, we'll do that next January, won't we? The halfway yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Halfway yeah. mark. Can, with... When you're on Mumbai, can I just say, Puyas Chala? Yeah. I honestly thought he was like 45. I I thought, <laughs> what? how on earth is this guy still playing? He's only 34. And he's been yeah, around for a long time. He's Yeah, he's been around since I think 2006 he made his debut for India. So, so it's years. not actually that surprising that yeah. I thought he was so old, but mm. came into the came into the side so early when he first got his chance. But mm-hmm. he's becoming a, a crucial part of that team, actually, in their yep. bowling attack, and which is which is. I, I mean, we talked about it early on that it was going to be their weak point, and it, mm-hmm. I think it still has been. But he, yeah, he's chipping in, and it's becoming important. Raj, as a big Tendulkar fan, yes. must have been excited. Arjun, First, well, what, what was it? And finally, a Tendulkar's got a wicket at the IPL. <laughs> um, yeah, it was exciting. He opened. I actually have not seen any highlights of that game, so you're mm-hmm. going to have to forgive me. But it looked like he bowled well on the numbers. I think he got one for eighteen mm-hmm. off his two point four, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, strong. All proud, power to him. A proud dad. A proud dad for yeah. sure. Can I, can can we go back to spin though for a second? Because I Why think not? spin's been a, a a big part of this IPL and someone that I've really enjoyed. And I guess getting on to, I think we should probably talk a little bit more about the Royals because they've been they're pretty good. They've been pretty good so far. And and there's another West Indian player who I think we should highlight in the way that they've been going. But uh, the return of Yuzvendra Chahal kind of not. I mean, it's not such so much of a return because he always seems to do reasonably well at the IPL. But he's been kind of getting hammered a little bit in recent years and and you know dropped off that India scene a bit but mm-hmm. really I think has hit back and returned to form a little bit in this IPL and and that's going to make it so interesting when they're looking to build their squad for the the World Cup. Oh. I, I I think I've been watching a lot of him actually I have seen a lot of his highlights and for him it looks like the the variations are coming out all right mm. like the wrong ends and stuff are working for him at the moment and that's where he's getting a lot of wickets there mm. just all in good areas and he's not bowling that bad bad ball or two bad balls are and over but he's bowling really well. Yeah and he seems to be confident you know yeah. he's, he's tossing he's getting that flight back. Get back he's going. got a bit of control yep. yeah uh, yep. it, it, it speaks to how much control and confidence he has that he's able to try variations. He's able to do a little bit more with the leg spinner, which means that, you know, it, it, it's just, it, you cannot understate how important confidence is to a leg spinner oh, yeah. to be able to go, oh yeah, I can land that where I want it and I'm not afraid of dragging it down and, or, or bowling with slightly bad ball and getting hit out of the ground. I can't imagine what it's like for those guys you know, a slight, the slightest error, and you disappear well, a long oh, way. Yeah, the grounds are small. Sure, sure you can't imagine <laughs> getting it wrong slightly and going out of the ground. Well, I can, but when I when it happens to me, it's only you laughing at me because you're the only other person in the ground, and you're only twenty two yards away. When there's one hundred and ten thousand people laughing at you, I imagine the volume is quite a bit more uh, significant and intimidating. It must be a good bowling group to be a part of as well. You know, you've got Trent in his Bolt. side or the no. I'm not talking about you. Oh, okay. I'm talking yeah. So sorry, uh, sorry to anyone listening from Hibiscus Coast. I'm talking about the Royals. Oh, okay, so, yeah. The Royals, yeah. But you know, Trent Bolt up top. You've mm-hmm. got Ravi Ashwin, uh, Sandip Sharma, I think as well. So yeah. there's a really good unit around, and I think again. That you know that kind of pressure that really really helps a wrist spinner. I would have thought when mm-hmm. you, you know your seamers have done the work up top and you, you've got um, a quality. You're not off on spinner. the back foot. Yeah, yeah not, not, on, not on the back, on the back foot. foot. Well, and 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 when you're getting the runs from from your other the other part of your game. I mean, I I kind of thought Rajasthan the last year their charge to the final was built not solely but batting wise largely around Josh Butler and just how amazing he was. I'd kind of thought to my, I'd written in my notes that 
Butler has had an impact without being the best batter in the tournament so far. Mm. But he's still, I think, about fourth in the uh, in the run charts. He's actually like almost quietly scored quite a few runs in this tournament so yeah, far. So two t- or three fifties, I think. So three fifties and two hundred and four runs. Yeah, yeah. but he's he's down at like eight or nine, I think, in the, in the run charts now. Um, yeah, Faf Duplessis um, at, at the top it, and him and Coley, I think, have, it's been fantastic to watch those two, regardless of what you think about. Coley's strike rates it's been absolutely class to watch those two going about their business hasn't it yeah and then yeah I mean the guy I was going to mention before is, is Hetmeyer he's been he's been the one that's the difference for for Rajasthan this year they've mm. been kind of getting their totals getting into winning situations and then he's just carrying them over the top I mean his last five he's got five had five digs in this IPL scored 183 runs he's only been out once 56 30 39 36 22 no failures strike rate of 184 you know, for a guy who completely different from the last few years, we yeah. haven't seen the best of Shimron Hetmeyer in years gone past, but mm. we are seeing the best of him this year. That, that was a really clutch moment that one, and it's the oh, difference yeah. between them yeah. being in the pack and being ahead of it. And yep. Sanju Sampson's been good as well. Yeah. Uh, he's got two fifties, I think, this year. Yeah, he's been really good. And, and Skipper as well, isn't he? Is he? I, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and seems if they respect him, I think the way you see the guys rally round him when they're celebrating a wicket, mm-hmm. they look like they're having a lot of fun that side. Which yep. I think, um, you know, I think he's probably a recipe particularly early in the tournament if you can kind of get around the you know the group and have a little bit of a laugh and go and have a game of golf and do all those kind of things when you still got 74 games left um it's always going to be really you know really really, and, and really even impactful. with that with the catch did you see that court and bold that oh, yeah. boat with yeah. the boat too many people trying to catch it and it just pops off the keeper's gloves into Trent Bolt's hands and they laughed about it it was it was you're right when when you have people who are in that positive frame of mind things seem to go good for you I guess mm-hmm. well and something I've been thinking about is you know trying to think about who's going to be there at the business end of this tournament is obviously Rajasthan lost in the final last year you kind of there's always that adage of oh you know you've got to lose one to win one in terms of finals but that I feel like that's that's for sides that get built and play over a long period of time and I guess sort of had that pride in the jersey do you think that that happens in the IPL in terms of you know there's players just kind of switching all around but I mean the core of this Rajasthan side is sort of the the guys returning but for for players that now play one tournament one week and then they go and play a completely different part of the world in another week in a different shirt and like do you feel like they'll go, they'll be sitting there thinking gee that hurt last year or are they just like oh yeah then I went off and played in this tournament and then I won that one and oh I got the green hat in that one and, and now it doesn't matter Look, I wouldn't know to be honest. I've never been in that position myself. But look, I think if I look at the, you know, the the word baggage comes up. Mm. I, I just don't think they've got time for that. You know, they've got enough baggage in terms of white pads, <laughs> gold pads, red pads, green pads. So I, I don't necessarily think that they're kind of thinking about that. Yeah. We only need to look at last year. You know, the two sort of debutant sides mm. um, had good seasons in their in their first year. So I almost think to an extent, yes, you might have some of that experience from the previous year. But you're always going to have that injection of players that haven't got any of that um, that baggage, and then I think the other pieces they're all coming from environments where, regardless of where they where they've played their international cricket, they'll have had some success in a franchise tournament. So yeah. they kind of know what to do in those clutch moments. I think I do think that there is some kind of building in a team for a guy like Trent Bolt. If they go, oh, you know, we want you to come to us or go there. He's going to choose Rajasthan Royal because, Royals because they're a better team. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Over going to somewhere else, that might have a vacancy. 
Yeah. I think cricketers are pretty used to this kind of mode of operating, though. I mean, they go from their state side or their domestic side to yeah. their national side and then back again and then, you know, more recently to more and more tournaments. I think cricketers, more so than maybe other sports, are used to coming in and out of different team environments. And it's, I think, as much as anything, you've only got 11 people in a cricket team. It's not a big, you know, it's well, not a big got, squad. You've got an impact player now. Well, there you've got, yeah, we've got 15, but we won't get onto that. But it comparatively to, a say, a, a rugby side or a rugby squad or an, even an American football squad, it's a relatively small group. So there is opportunity for individuals to make a big impact in the group dynamic. Um, and I think you see that with cricketers quite a lot. Can I ask you boys a question? And I, I do want an impartial answer. I'm kind of sitting here going, how is Joe Root not getting a game? But yeah, mm -hmm. we look at where the Royals are and you can't probably criticise that. But mm. is he really not in the best you know, 11 players in that squad in some way, shape or form or, or you know, to the impact player uh, component, is he not in the top 15 to, you know, sit on the bench and maybe stick his pads on at some point? Well, I think for Rajasthan, they've, their, player, their overseas players are contributing a huge amount. That's the thing at the moment. You've got, you know, just named three of them in terms of Butler, Hetmeyer and Bolt who are, you know, I, I think in terms of what they do in their roles, like Bolt's, Bolt's getting wickets in yeah. that first over which is such a huge, huge part huge. of you know of 2020 cricket. Butler, you know, you're not going to leave him out for any reason and Hitmeyer's playing that finishing role and you know he's the best finisher in the comp at the moment. So, yeah, look, there's not that doesn't leave many slots for when they're playing, they're playing on some of these grounds where they want another spinner, they're playing Zampa. Yeah, it just doesn't leave a, a spot for him at the moment as much as I sort of tend to agree with you that he has that 360 kind of game now, Joe Root that you sort of think that you know he should he could slot in anywhere it's yeah it doesn't seem to to be happening for him these these impact players though it is a 12 player game now though isn't it it's, it's happening yeah it is happening like we sort of not not made fun of the rule necessarily or maybe we did make fun of the rule at, at the start of little bit. at the start of the tournament but it actually is having an impact isn't it in Huge. terms of like what it's actually bringing to, to this tournament. Yeah, well, I, I think that combined with the rule at the toss as well, where you can name your two different mm. sides for whether you bat or bowl at the toss, I think that that plus the impact player has worked far better than I think if we go back. Um, they trialled it in one day, international yeah, one day yeah, cricket yeah. back in the, Super I want to say the 2000. I remember yep. Vikram Solanke, I think was one of England's. Yeah, Jeet Patel was yeah. always. And, and, and then, you know, they, they've tried it in the big bash, but gave it like a, a name, name like a pizza, didn't they? Yes. Uh, yeah, Dominator, something. Baconator, something, something like that. that. Yep. So it didn't really, you know, didn't really take off. But I, I think it's that combination where you've got those two sides and then you've got that impact impact player, which, yeah, is, is well, it's had an impact on, on the tournament and, and it makes it really interesting to watch. Yeah, um, it doesn't actually take anything away from it. It doesn't, doesn't seem like it slows the game down or like doesn't, it doesn't take people away. It just adds means you have better batters and better bowlers. Yeah. Which I was is just going to say, quite you, fun. you know what? You know what it adds is it adds more talent yeah. in, into the into the game being played. I think early criticisms of early iterations of the IPL was there was lots of top level talent, but then the talent fell away. That's gradually got better over the course of the seasons, anyway. But now. The, the, the level of talent on display in any one oh, yeah. game is, is just huge and it's getting and it's getting stronger it's such a simple concept isn't it get the best players on the field but it seems so silly <laughs> mm. Mm. well that's probably a nice uh, way to segue and talk a little bit of New Zealand Pakistan so can't say that the best players are on the field for this New Zealand side at the moment when you've got the likes of Trent Bolt um, uh, in the IPL and I think probably there's there's a few of these guys, Lippy, in this T20 side against Pakistan that have probably missed their opportunity a little bit to, to kind of put a little bit of pressure on. 
Um, you know, we've got Devon Conway going pretty well, Trent Bolt going pretty well, but Glenn Phillips is now out of the side, I think. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we've not, you know, we've not seen a great deal from Lockie Ferguson. He's, you know, he, he's got slapped a couple of times, but some of these other guys that have, have got a chance haven't really taken it, have they, in this uh, T20 series? No, not not quite. I mean, um, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned Glenn Phillips not getting a run, although he seems to be getting a run as he's been an impact sub as a fielder yeah. at, at least once that I know of. And But I think the, probably the, the biggest one that I keep thinking about is Finn Allen because this would have been a great tour to have Finn Allen on and I know you know obviously he should be in the IPL he should take that money he should go and get that experience I'm sure he's getting even though he's not on the field I'm sure it's an you know brilliant experience for him to be over there with Coley and Faf and and all of those guys I know I know there are huge benefits in that but this does feel like a series where he could have been our a really important player for New Zealand whereas Mm -hmm. At other times when he's been in the side, he's been sort of the icing on the cake almost. He's been if he comes off, it's great, and but you know we've kind of got room for him to fail. Whereas, yeah, I think he would have been a, a really significant part of this this side, and that hasn't really happened. And and as you say, the guys that have come in around him, you know, to fill that spot like Chad Bowes and things, just haven't really kicked on and, and taken that opportunity mm. so far. I think in that batting lineup, we haven't really seen anyone demand. And I want to come to you, Raj, next for this because I know you've, there's there's one in there that you kind of like the look of. But we haven't seen anyone step up and demand to be picked in that New Zealand World Cup squad like we saw with Mitchell Marsh two years ago from Australia. Mm. I see this as a similar kind of opportunity for those players. And it would have been great to have Finn Allen in there because he could have played the same kind of role that Mitchell Marsh played two years ago for Australia. Consistent player in the side, gets a lot of cricket nails down some consistent performances and then demands to be picked for the World's Cup squad and, and goes in with a lot of form. Mm-hmm. I think what we're going to end up with, for unfortunately for Finn Allen, is going in not knowing what kind of form Finn is in, which means that the question marks will unfortunately remain as to, is he in New Zealand's best 11? If he is, who's the best person to have around him open the batting or batting at three or whatever? So those questions at the moment aren't getting answered. It would be wonderful to be able to answer those questions by having Finn Allen at the top of the order against Pakistan, but I'm, we we just can't. I'm actually really confused because I I did not realise that Glenn Phillips was on this tour. I thought he no, might he's be... not. The, he's not. Oh, he's no, not. He's, no, he's no. just not playing in the IPL. He's not playing in the IPL. That's what okay. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. All right, but he but he is he's injured, is he? Or why is he no, not? He's just not not being selected. They're picking class in ahead of him for the Sunrisers now he, that he's he, turned he up. Kept, he played he kept wicket, didn't he? First yeah, game, he, I think he, he played the first game, and then all the South Africans arrived for the Sunrisers, and those reinforcements, Janssen, Markram, Klassen, have kind of just meant that they slot into the side, and there's no oh, real room for have his name ending with him, and then he would have been in. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's my fault for not my fault for not researching that. I, I just wasn't sure. I thought you were saying he wasn't in the New Zealand team. Anyway, no, no, no. Anyway, he's not. The one, the one that is actually um, exciting me is Mac Chapman. I've been a massive Mac. Uh, Mac Mark Chapman, who I've been a massive supporter of him for a while now. I think he's a great batsman. You've got some numbers on him, which you can go through in a second. Mm-hmm. But he's a good batsman. He's electric in the field. He can bowl a bit if we need to. Mm-hmm. Some little spinners, um, and he he does have some runs, uh, including a couple of centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, so he did, he's actually played more T twenties than I thought when when I sort of because I. I you go and look at his record and you you sort of have to filter out the New Zealand performances and the Hong Kong performances. And so he's played, I think, about 50 matches, nearly 50 matches, T20 matches. And I thought, oh, okay, a lot of those will be the, the games for Hong Kong. But actually he's played 31 matches for New Zealand in T20s, averages 26 with the bat. And that's pretty good for, for a T20 player in New Zealand. I don't actually know, you know, I haven't run the numbers in terms of what the likes of Mitchell and... 
um, Phillips and all those other kind of middle order players are, are averaging. But then you go and look at his ODIs, and he's only actually had seven ODIs for New Zealand. So it shows you that he hasn't really had those opportunities. Averages 52 in that format, but just completely skewed by the fact that he scored 120 not out against UAE for Hong Kong and 100 not out against Scotland for New Zealand. And suddenly you take all those runs away, he's got about 10 from his four other bats against you know India and, and England for, for New Zealand. So you know it's hard to kind of assess that, but... He's not even in this ODI squad, and, and Baldy, you're kind of talking about you know guys taking opportunities, and, and even you know Finnellan, who would be there, who would you know we would want to be there, and, and taking on responsibility for the mm. the World Cup. We Chapman is someone who isn't going to get that opportunity. He's not, he's you know hasn't been picked in the ODI squad, so it's going to be as as good as he's looked, and and he's looked incredibly powerful in this mm. series. He's played all around the ground. I think the the New Zealand players have really struggled to kind of get going in the series I mean I think a lot of that is due to the fact that Pakistan's opening bowlers and seam yeah, attack, is, attack is awesome you know mm-hmm. Shaheen is back I mean he did that, that just those to the right handers where he just swings it in he's you know he's cleaned up Will Young cleaned up yeah. Chad Bowes I think that's contributing to that but the, no one else has really been able to get going mm. but Chapman's looked really comfortable at the crease mm. Yeah, and look, we won't go into it, but it's such a shame that obviously the Pakistan guys don't get to play in the IPL, isn't it? Oh, yeah. um, I understand obviously that you know the, the political components behind that, but that would really just, particularly oh, with man. this side, how good would it be to see oh, Baba Shaheen. and Shaheen, uh, Rizwan, uh, you know, the list goes on, doesn't well, it? Well, Iftikhar Ahmed, I mean, yeah. he's, he's playing that, really well. That innings that he played, and this, I mean, we're recording this on, what is it, Wednesday night here in New Zealand time, so recording, you know, the innings that he played in the third T20, unreal. I mean, the way he was just hitting the ball... I think 60 off, you know, scored his 50 off 20 balls, ended up with 64 off not many more than that. And, I mean, they should have won. Like, they, well, they went from a position where they were 55 for 5 at the halfway point, no win, chance. Winvers was off the off the chart. They should have been losing. And yeah. then all of a sudden, with two overs to go, how do they lose this game? And then with, what, five balls to go, how do they lose this game? Yeah. And then they lost. The Jimmy Neesham. Jimmy, Jimmy Neesham kept, kept his cool again. <sighs> I don't, I don't know about him at the death, to be honest with you. I, I think Ben Lister did a great job in the first, yeah. um, the first T20. He did a good job. He got two wickets at the end that last over. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Bold not so great in the second uh, ODI, and then the third, well, the third, sorry, third T20, second T20, and the third T20. He um, he brought it back. He did. He did win that game for us in the end. Yeah, I think he's an interest, a really interesting case when we're looking at the ODI World Cup squad because. I think I said on, on my chat with Abdullah last week that when I think about him, I, I sort of feel like he's an automatic pick. Mm. And then I go on and, you know, do more. You know, I actually wrote write down a, a list of players. And I just don't quite know where he fits into the to the squad. If we're going to have Bracewell, you know, if we're thinking that spin bowling all-rounders are, are going to be really important. How many of them do you need? Well, I... If they're going to have Bracewell and if they're going to have Santner, which you know all signs are pointing towards both of those two players being in in the starting eleven, you got you add Ish Sodi in the mix, and and I don't know where Jimmy Neesham fits. He he may be fighting for a spot in the eleven against Michael Bracewell, against Daryl Mitchell, against Glenn Phillips, who I don't think quite you know I think those certainly Phillips and and Mitchell would be way ahead of him in my estimations, and actually. Mm. I don't know when the last time Jimmy Neesham played in innings of consequence for New Zealand was. It might even be 
that T20 World Cup innings that he mm. played against England. I, you know, I, I sort of, I always think he has that power and he has the the ability to do these things. But yeah, when you actually go through his stats and, and look at the the recent contributions, I don't know that they're quite there. And I, I do think the the world the ODI part of the series is a very important you know for him for him yep. to actually yeah, pos- position himself in mm. in, in this side. Because, yeah, it's going to be tricky. He has the opportunity to do it, right? You know, so um, Santner and Bracewell are in the IPL, different different shop window. Um, mm. Nisham has got the opportunity to to own the jersey, and he really needs to do that in these ODIs coming up in the remaining T20s against Pakistan. Because when you phrase it like you did, in my mind, I was like, there's no way that New Zealand should be having all of those spin bowling around us. But in India, for an ODI mm. World Cup, that might be the way that they go. Well, and and I mean, you talking about spin bowling all rounders. Someone actually who has looked quite good in these these T Twenties so far is Rajan Ravindra, yeah, who fair too. you know again has has a lot of support on this podcast. But you know, I think he's coming along really nicely as a bowler, and and mm. I it got me sort of thinking. Like, I wonder what where his career would be, or where New Zealand, what New Zealand cricket would, what we would be thinking about as New Zealand cricket fans if if New Zealand cricket had just said at the time that they put Bracewell into number seven. They had tried Rutchen at that spot before and obviously decided it wasn't quite working out for him, maybe not the best use for him, maybe he didn't think he was quite up to it with the ball or whatever they decided. But I wonder what would have happened if they'd just said, look, we're just going to stick with you, Rutchen, and we're going to give you the, the opportunities that Michael Bracewell has had, we're going to let you bowl, you know, be our number one spinner in some games. Because I, I don't actually know the answer to whether going away and bowling a lot more overs in first class cricket which he went away and did and has has had a big impact and really helped because I think his bowling looks like it's come on quite a lot since he first yeah. came onto the scene but yeah I, I, I I'm not that, sure that he's I'm not sure that Bracewell is that much ahead of him and at least when I look at them as individual cricketers and individual moments I, I think if, if I put an outsider's perspective on it I, I think the role that he was asked to play when he kind of burst onto the scene that's almost one of the toughest roles in a in a white ball side mm. you're coming in at six or seven that's either because the team's going really really well and you've got a license to go from early doors and you've got to clear the clear the fence or your team's in the shit yeah. you, you, you're very rarely coming in and it's you know it, it's a nice situation to bat in and I think when you see a lot of young players succeed now is where they're given the chance in those white ball sides to bat at the top of the order um, and have that you know that a license but b they're going to be given a number it's of opportunities all, it's, but it's always the same and score the if you sa- bat at the, sa- and at the it's top the same run. opportunity yep. each time so that that for me is probably where someone like Bracewell who's what 20 Eight twenty nine is it? Yeah, thirty. You've got to be over thirty to be in this New Zealand team at the moment. Yeah, so, your Ravindra. So, so I think um, he's had that. You know, he's had that benefit of having probably more first class cricket, more experience of, of doing those different roles. But also, Ravindra, that's not the role that he's necessarily been successful with at, at a state at, level. At yeah. a state level, state level, of course, provincial level. Provincial level. Um, I, I find it interesting that. You know, when you talk about Bracewell, I think the number one differentiator there is that he turns the ball a different way to mm. East Sodi, probably, and he's probably a, a more destructive batsman yeah. when you sort of take their games apart. But I like what Ravindra's doing with the ball. He looks very hard to play on these wickets, especially that last one. Yeah. Um, and I would love to see him batting up the order, batting at three or opening the batting. Well, we watched him at Eden Park in the Sri Lanka game. Um, he batted really, really well and hit ball with power. You know, mm. he, just, he he showed us a little bit of something that we haven't quite yeah. seen from him often enough, um, which really impressed me in that particular game that New Zealand played against Sri Lanka at Eden Park. And, and, and anything we want to 
discuss before we move on from New Zealand? Just want to ask about Milne. Yeah. Uh, what, what what did everybody think about Adam Milne? I like Adam Milne. I liked seeing him uh, back bowling for us. He was bowling quick uh, in that first uh, first T Twenty. He but he got some. He got Baba, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Early on, yep. or was it Rizwan? One of them. Um, yeah, I've really liked how he's returned to the setup. Yeah, well, the seam bowling the seam bowling's been an interesting you know side of things. I mean, you mentioned Lockie Ferguson, the IPL. I don't think it's silly that we could be having a conversation. Milne or Ferguson. Milne or Ferguson down, you know, down the line. I, I, I've been try, been talking. I think both Raj and I have been talking about how Ferguson, you know, shapes on paper as being a really significant bowler for New Zealand for all these big tournaments, but it just hasn't really happened again since that injury. He, you know, he was that was the twenty twenty one World Cup or T twenty World Cup. He was, you know, primed to kind of look like he was in great form got that injury and just hasn't really bounced back in a consistent way. We've seen flashes. Yeah. But, at, yeah, I think Adam Milne's doing a really nice job. Every, it, sort of all the opportunities that he's been getting. You then look at Matt Henry, who's, I, I think, been a class above. Yeah, but it's it's so it's so distinctive how much better he is than a lot oh, of yeah. these bowlers, which is actually a little bit disheartening. I think so, you yeah. Think about, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's Sean in terms of, I mean, Lister, I think, has done okay. But yeah, I mean, when when Shipley comes in and, and what Henry's been able to do, I mean, picked up that hat trick. You people can people can dispute whether it counts as a hat trick, where you take two wickets in the thirteenth over and then one in the seventeenth or eighteenth over. It's still a hat trick. Yes, and uh, yeah, exactly. what, why is that even a debate? Well, you know, people, was it three consecutive deliveries? It was. Well, not in the game. Oh, in a different game. Different. No, 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 no same different, game, just no, different overs. Different overs, overs like, and people, you know, people don't like that. People like it to be all not even wrapped the same up in a nice Well, go into boat. the comments because we're just going to destroy you with that kind of thinking. <laughs> but uh, I know I had this. I had this a long conversation with a mutual friend of the podcast about whether or not that deserved to be a hat trick. And the view outside of this room was that no, it didn't because it was like indifferent. Including spells. your view? No, not my view. Hell no. Okay. No, no, it's a hat trick. It's three wickets and three balls. It's ridiculous. Let's move on. Get too round up. Life's too short. But I think <laughs> the, I'm getting red. I, well, I think the, the the awesome thing about that hat trick, if you still haven't seen it by now, go back and watch mainly for the Daryl Mitchell. Oh, come on now. <laughs> for the Daryl Mitchell catch, catch at the end of it that, that, was that pulled an it off. Catch? Well, he he threw, it back. threw it back. So I guess he didn't. He's it's a catch assist from oh, Daryl right. Mitchell. Okay. That needs to be noted down somewhere because absolutely, assists. yeah, catch assists. Catch assists. Uh, is that noted down? Is it somewhere? No, no. It I, will be in my in Baldy's no. new world of new hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, but but <laughs> does, it, does a hat trick count if it's caught on the boundary then? Yes. Well, that's I guess that's the debate. All all the stuff. Let's move on from that because is it even a debate? Oh. You know that wasn't anything personal. We've taken it very personally. Have that, I? Yes. Oh, because well, often I'm not often right. That's why. <laughs> but but I think the point is that <laughs> Matt Henry's like Matt Henry's white ball stats are, are actually mm. really underrated mm. and like they're way better than people give him credit for. Give him credit for. I don't I don't think I mean he hasn't played a lot of T Twenty cricket for for New Zealand. He hasn't mm. been used as much as. As he, you know, maybe prob- maybe deserves. I don't know, but certainly in ODIs, it's it's. I had a look. His strike rate in ODIs is in the top twenty or thirty of all time. It's like he is on that level. His stats are good. You know, to the point, to the level of a Trent Bolt. They're very, very close in yeah. terms of averages, strike rates, the kind of wickets per match, all that kind of stuff. Mm. I like him. Yeah. Good, good bowler. He's a he's yeah. a brilliant bowler, and yeah, I mean. At, I don't think he's someone that we're like he's a lock in that World Cup squad as yeah. obviously injury wise. I think I think he's a lock in the, the top eleven, which could be a yeah. a bit no, of a no, debate in terms of the Saudi Bolt 
Ferguson, you know, if you well, have a Ferguson or your senior. I, I think the thing with Henry, you know you're going to get 10 overs out of him as well. Yeah. Um, like, you, you, there's no, I'm not saying no concerns around industry, injury, but he's he's played three, four mats for mm-hmm. you. And, you know, he's got that, you know, got that sort of ability to keep his paces up over those those overs as well, which you can't say for sure that Lockie and Milne are going to be able to, to give you, you know, 10 overs, particularly if the games are close together back to back and on, on wickets that, you know, ultimately probably not going to favour the, the seamers too much. Well, and that's where, you know, this ODI series, I think, is going to... I mean, this ODI series is really the last showcase that yeah. these guys have. It's the last opportunity that... I mean, there are, I think there are a few T20s and um, ODIs, I think, in August and September, and, and I think they play a couple of games in the UAE, and then they go to, yeah. to England to play a, another sort of weird series. Uh, but that'll be their only you know, audition yeah. before that, yeah. that World Cup. And so this five-match ODI series, for someone like Milne to be able to yeah. say, I can play uh, you know, three or four of these games and I can bowl 10 overs in all of these games and, and be in the mix for that is, is pretty important. Yeah. Let's move on. Ashes fever, when, does it, when has it not started? But it's kind of actually had an event this week, which means we can, we can kind of talk about it, which is the naming of a... Uh, see what you did there, um, which is a naming of a 16-man... I think it's 17. Is it 17-man squad? I haven't investigated it too thoroughly, but I'm okay. sure I saw it was 17. Anyway, it doesn't really matter too much. 17. 17. 17. Okay, 17-man squad. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, we'll edit that later. Um, <laughs> no, we won't. Um, but before we come on to that, because I don't want this to end the podcast, let's end the podcast talking about this Australia squad. But okay. is there anything in this Brendan McCullum thing? So he's the be- an ambassador for a betting company. He yes, said, it was. Uh, I think he still is. is well, don't know, dubious, dubious. Because they pulled the ads in when, New Zealand. When right? I saw it, my first thought was that this is some kind of AI. 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 Oh, I yeah. thought it was a deep fake. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but ultimately, there is a code of conduct there. That and look, I won't quote the code of conduct. But ultimately, you can't condone betting if you're in um, a participant um, in. Uh, in cricket for England, I think it's, yeah, it's England, isn't it? Because yeah. other other nations, you can yeah. to some degrees. So, so this is the interesting question. So, if you read some of the press around it, and, I, and look, I guess this is the fueling the ashes fire, right? Um, it, there's always going to be some controversy where, you know, the English media is probably out trying to find out, you know, which Aussie's been shagging who whilst he's been overseas or, um, or, or look, whatever the, you know, whatever the scandal is. Jeez, you know, we're t- kidding there. Well, I, I'm going to Tim Payne, right? So just before that, that came out just before an Ashes series. There's no doubt that that was engineered by the press. They had that information. Oh, okay. I, see I would have thought three or four months before. Right. They brought it out to sell newspapers around the Ashes. So we're going to see these kind of things come out, right? Um, but McCullum, um, if you read a lot of the press, it's saying that this is a, you know, this is a ban. This is a one-year ban. Wow. Um, if he's, you know, if he's actually found to have breached this particular code of conduct and that it applies to him, so uh, again, uh, your thoughts—is it storming a teacup? You know, or, or do, you know, do you think we see this play out as we lead into, um, you know, certainly the biggest series on my calendar? Personally, I think that um, in a sport that has a history of. Uh, match fixing and, and certain untowards thing untoward things in recent history. Uh, I don't think it was the smartest thing to do, or and I think it probably should be punishable. I don't know if it's a twelve you know twelve month ban or whatever it was, mm. but um, or whatever it could be. But I think the other it is something that they should make sure does not happen again. It, it might be in a teacup, but it's caused a bit of a storm here in New Zealand in that there are a lot of people who have reacted negatively to 
the way that that particular betting company, and we won't give them advertising um, minutes here on the top order, but in the way that they advertised in New Zealand certainly caused a stir among a lot of people who saw that and have then had negative feelings towards Brendan McCullum as a result, of going, I can't believe this individual is associated with that company. Why would he do that? So that has had a negative impact on his brand in the minds of many New Zealanders. And I think New Zealand is not alone in having some reasonably stringent laws about which betting agencies can operate and advertise in yeah. New Zealand. Um, but they are reasonably stringent. Yeah, yeah. And so... You know, I think there's some there's some not stigma, but there's some associated you know perception with that. That why would he go and then associate with this other brand? It, it, that's, um, I think that's the question from, that I keep asking. Is, is surely someone? I, I just don't understand how this happened. How did it get to this point? Is sort of the confusing part because mm. I feel like yeah, you know, obviously there's business deals of of all sorts with sponsors for all different companies all around the world. For these guys getting loads loads of approaches, I'm sure. But yeah, I, there must have been a red flag from a manager or from you know from Brendan or at some point to go, you know maybe we should just check with the ECB or with, with who you know I don't know whether this is okay. Maybe this was signed beforehand. I have yes. no idea. Yeah, that's the thought that's coming into my yeah, head. Yeah, maybe this, this, this is was, an old thing that's resurfaced in time. Yeah, well, yeah so, an old so deal. Knows? Yeah, that has signed been signed ages ago, and now they've said, well, you signed this deal. Yeah. Come and do some adve- uh, and, and uh, I mean, uh, who knows? Yeah, who we're knows? just we're, obviously we're speculating. We don't shouldn't speculate. It's yeah, we shouldn't. I, I'm sure it'll all come out. But I mean, to, in terms of the actual what's happened, I think 12 months is kind of ridiculous. Like, I don't think the oh, players' from a band perspective. Yeah, like yeah. It, surely. I mean, the players are not. The players aren't going to give a monkey's about this. The I'm sure he, he's not saying. You know, I, I mean, I guess he is supporting an, an, a betting agency, but I think that. Betting, betting is very well associated with sports now. He's not associ- He's not trying to say go out and match fix. He's saying you know if you're going to bet, then go and do it through this company. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a can of worms. I think that's what it's that's yeah, what we've seen. It's we should we should move on from. But basically, I think that also the style of play that 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 his team has, you can tie that easily to that sort of behavior as well which is why i just don't think it was the right option to do and i do think there has to be some punishment not necessarily 12 months or anything like that but there has to be a deterrent to yeah. do it again yeah, to be fair though you've got previous of this though right you, you in terms of ben stokes there's got to be some punishment regardless of what the law says right yes yeah okay yeah, Let, you let's, can't, let's 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 you can't move. just go around punching people in the face on the street Let, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's move on um <laughs> We're going to talk actual cricket now. So we're going to talk about this Ashes squad. Mm-hmm. I have it here. But Baldy, so I think um, it was flying around on the Slack channel earlier on. I think the, mm-hmm. the consensus is you don't know what your batting lineup looks like and, and you're hedging a few bets in there. And it looks like you might be a seamer light in that 17-man squad. Thoughts, mm. feelings, emotions? Uh, many. Uh, excitement, um, trepidation, nervousness. Um, it's interesting that we've taken a backup wicketkeeper and a backup spinner and two backup batters and a backup all-rounder but only one backup seamer that feels weird to me normally Australia would pick a 16-man squad and there would be probably a couple of you know we would normally take a couple of backup seamers on a, on a tour like this so you know um, players that could be in contention are guys like Michael Neeser Jai Richardson uh, even Lance Morris Lance Morris is, is not in this squad out and injured I think yes Unavailable. so so I wonder if Australia have got in the back of their minds, hey, we've got some guys 
in county cricket that, mm. that we can parachute yeah, is in. Yeah, over there? I don't, yeah, I, I, I think Neeser might be over there. Sean Abbott's certainly over there. Yeah. He's flavour of the month. He's got a contract now, Sean Abbott. Right. Um, um, he's Hanscom, of, I think, is playing some county cricket. So th- there's a few guys over there. And then yeah. obviously the likes of... Uh, Labashay and Steve Smith are getting a bit of a tune-up mm. actually before the Ashes as well. They have well. six pace bowlers though. If you look at that that team, it's just obviously they're not all. Are you? Oh, you including Green and, and Mitchell Marsh yes. in that in that yeah. in that list? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you include them as frontline pace bowlers, then absolutely they've got enough cover. I think Australia are going to at some point think about: Do we need Nisa? Do we need Morris? Do we need Stickety? Do we need a Richardson, Kane, or Jai, or someone like that? What what about I, I guess the the batting cover that you've got? So Marcus Harris mm-hmm. opens the batting. I think mm-hmm. that that's unequivocal, isn't it? That's his that's his spot. Yep. Um, Matt Renshaw, what what's he been picked for? Because he's opened the batting in these A games against mm-hmm. New Zealand recently. Yep. Yeah, scored some runs. Um, scored a lot of runs recently, to be fair. So was Harris. But was in the middle order mm-hmm. in, in the Pakistan. Tests. Yep. So what's his yeah what India. what's the, uh, India? Sorry, what's the what's the role that he? Um, he plays ostensibly he's covering both of those roles and you have a look at the other backup batting as Mitchell Marsh in the middle order is probably a like for like Cameron Green replacement Josh Inglis is a like for like wicket keeping replacement for Alex Carey your your backup batting is is Matt Renshaw and he scored a lot of runs at the top of the order in recent times he's scoring runs I think over in England at the moment um, if I'm not mistaken but his middle order batting in India is not holding a candle to Hanscom's batting and whether or not you're a fan of Hanscom or not I'm not particularly to be fair but I'm not a fan of Harris either Yeah. Um, but Harris is scoring a lot of runs and if you're going to pick another player outside of the outside of the established 11 he, I think he's now next cab off the rank you're right Hanscom's unlucky but I think the fact that Renshaw is covering opening the batting and middle order is why he's picked ahead of, of Hanscom in this case. And is there a reason this isn't the squad for the World Test Championship as well? As I, thought they named was, a... I thought that was the squad for the World Test Championship. So this is for the whole tour of the UK, including the World Test Championship, essentially? Uh, I thought that this was the squad for the first two tests and the World Test Championship. 31st, right. of, could be July. Wrong. 31st of July is the end of it. Right. Because, um, it, yeah, it's announced as the, the Qantas Ashes Tour of the UK. So right. I don't know whether yeah, the, the, the WTC falls I, into that or not. I think we might be looking at this in in a, in, in a way that's not necessarily the way to look at it. I, I'm looking at this team going what style of cricket are they actually going to go over there and play? Is there a likelihood that, for example, Mitch Marsh and Cameron Green both play both play, and they're going to try and bat as deep as they can mm. and they're going to try and score runs quickly because I don't think you're going to win games scoring at two and a half three runs and over uh, the way that this English team is playing unless they mm-hmm muck it up which they haven't done and or haven't really done at any part can I, of can I provide an alternate this. perspective if I'm Australia I want to be taking wickets as quickly as I can mm. um, so I would be I would be looking at this team and going where are my 20 wickets coming from and to me they're coming from Cummins Hazelwood and Stark primarily and Cameron Green is actually in a little bit of form in, in the IPL at the moment so I, I like that they've got those three and I would be picking those three I think if you have too many third and fourth seamers running around in your attack trying to be first and second choice seamers, England will take you to pieces. Any Anyone who's military medium and straight up and down is going to get pasted against that England batting lineup. So I think Australia have got to pick players that are going to do something with the cricket ball and provide you with a point of difference. Otherwise, they're going to get murdered. Um, so 
Australia might look at it like they want to have an extra all-rounder and a little bit more batting cover because they know England's going to score a bunch of runs, so we have to score a bunch of runs plus two, but I'd be looking at it the other way around and saying, I've got to take 20 wickets and bowl them out for 200, not let them get 450 because I've got my other bowling options doing too much work. And do you think the selectors have taken any notice of the press around Ben Stokes going out and asking for fast, flat pitches? Do you think that's coming to it? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it matters to either side really what wicket they play on because they're such well-balanced cricket teams. Like Australia have a really good, well-balanced bowling attack. If you've got Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, Lyon, and Green, and if Boland comes in for one of those three, you're not losing too much. England have got a terrific bowling attack. Yeah. Whoever they pick, and they've got a great spinner. They've got a terrific batting lineup. They've both teams have got good all-rounders that can bowl different types of of roles. Stokes can be an enforcer. He can bowl attacking. He can bowl defensive. Cameron Green is not as versatile, but I think he's he's still very, very good. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it really matters to either team what wicket they play on. They're both really, really well-balanced teams. But I think the faster, harder wickets will mean that there's lots of opportunity to score runs, and I think that will make the series very exciting. And I think, I, I think you know, us interrogating the squad a little bit, which obviously we're entitled to do but I I think the point around some of those guys playing county cricket there's every chance that this is more than a 17 player squad that that if someone gets injured suddenly some of those yeah. guys come in and they'll have a camp somewhere where yeah. there's 23 24 of them you would have thought to get some practice before before because yeah. we don't yeah we know that tours now aren't seven or eight warm-up games so yeah you would have thought having those players in in the country is going to benefit in, in Australia before we finish Binksia, your opinion on there's been a lot of stuff in the English press about why that why are the all these Australian players coming over and why are we helping them out getting Steve Smith and Labuschagne and and all these other fringe players some some games in county cricket why are we doing this? Well, the the simple reason is because the ECB have got nothing to do with it. It's down to the individual counties to go and pick whoever they want and whoever's available. So. Um, you know, there's no law against it. You're allowed to pick an overseas player. We've set a precedent, um, not just in England, but around the world, that players fly in and fly out for parts of seasons and different formats. So, I, I, look, I don't see a problem with it. And I, I think I kind of look at it in a slightly different way. Um, Steve Smith averages 60-something in Test Match Cricket he's probably going to average 60-something in Test Match Cricket, whether he plays four games for Sussex or, or not. Um, so I'd be looking at it from you know a Sussex point of view. Uh, they're going great. We've got uh, you know guaranteed probably three or 400 runs uh, down at Hove. We're going to sign a few replica shirts. And, and look, hopefully as well, um, he's going to maybe influence a, a young Sussex guy that's coming through the pathways who might end up playing for England and average 50 for England. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think... I don't really care. Um, there's an argument around, well, you don't see many English players getting a, a game in the Shield. No, you don't. Um, they've got their six teams. They want to be super parochial. Um, when someone like Mason Crane comes in and takes five for it, it just shows up the fact that there's no spinners um, <laughs> bit beyond Nathan Lyon. So, look, I, tongue, tongue firmly in cheek. But um, it's a different you know, different concept where you've only got six state yeah, size. We've, against 18 We've got 18 yeah. counties. There's we've a got, lot more room We've to got get plenty of space players. for, for yeah. overseas players. So, yeah, yeah I, it really, really uh, doesn't bother me. I just wish the bowlers would have a game. Um, and you know, break down injured, and then that would uh, that would sort of even things out, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Should we leave it there? <laughs> Awkward pause. So, but, yeah. but but just just to finish, they, they will actually come out of this better off though, in terms of Australian batsmen that are there. 
don't you think that they will get an advantage having played a few games? Um, I, look, I, d- I don't necessarily think so because p- players are coming in and out of so many different tournaments, so many different formats. And let's be honest, th- there's, a, there's a difference between first-class wickets and the wickets that you play international cricket on. Mm-hmm. A wicket at Hove is not like a wicket mm-hmm. at the Oval. So, um, yes, is it an opportunity to, for them to get into form? Absolutely. Is it an opportunity for some little 70-mile-an-hour English seamer to rip <laughs> Smith's pad off two or three times? And then all of a sudden, there's a little bit of pressure mm-hmm. on him as well. Happened in 1997, I think, or maybe wow. 93. Mark Taylor. Memories. I think it was 97. Mark Taylor came over. Um, and basically hadn't got a run for a long, long time for Australia, went through the early warm-up games when they did play five, six warm-up games, mm. couldn't buy a run. The Sun presented him with a metre-wide bat as he got onto the team <laughs> bus b- before um, yeah, before the One Day International series. He got 100 in the final of uh, three One Day Internationals, which meant he could pick himself in the test because he said if he hadn't got runs in that ODI, he'd have dropped himself from the test side and Steve Wall would have been captain in 97. So um, it can go both ways mm. there you go you heard it first it's some good memory good 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 job there uh, Steve Wall's 1997 tour diary available <laughs> at all good bookshops and probably there's one on Bordy's bookshelf as well there is um, but guys that does wrap up this episode of the Top Order podcast please do like and subscribe um, on the YouTube channel or leave us a review uh, rating um, or follow us on your podcast app provider of choice uh, do dip back into the back catalogue as well we've got a little bit more content on the youtube channel now you can see the last two or three this week in crickets um, as well as of course interviews news and views from around the cricketing world mike hussey deserves a few more watches and listens um, on our feed so if you want to listen to an hour and 20 of mike hussey where he certainly talks some ashes cricket do dip back into the back catalogue but for now it is good night and good bless from us all here in auckland we'll see you next week on the top water podcast stay tuned see ya